Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your host, Doug Sweeney. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Sweeney, and I'm joined today by Beeson alumna Hayden Walker, who serves in young adult and women's ministry at her local church in Arkansas and speaks regularly in other contexts as well. Hayden preached a marvelous sermon in Beeson's chapel just a little over two months ago from 2 Corinthians 4. It was titled Only Embers, and it's on our YouTube channel. I recommend it wholeheartedly. Should be easy to find, and we'll remember to post a link to it uh, when we advertise the podcast as well. Hayden spoke at our Center for Women in Ministry. While she's on campus, she's always finding ways to serve the Lord by serving other people, and it's always a delight to have her with us. So welcome, Hayden, to the podcast. Thank you, Dean Sweeney. Delighted to be here with you today. A lot of people here at Visa know about you, of course, Hayden, but for those who are listening now and haven't met you before, let's introduce you to them. Would you mind telling us just a little bit about uh, your family, your upbringing, and how you came to know the Lord? I grew up in a small town in southern Arkansas, the same town that my parents and grandparents and um, on one side, six generations back, um, all from this same small town. Mm. Grew up in a in a family that took me to church, um, and from a young age, really, the Lord, um, I think, was beckoning me to Himself. I had a spiritual sensitivity from a young age, um, but it was in my early um, junior high years that. Jesus really opened my eyes um, to himself as Lord, King, Savior. Um, I had a friend that invited me to a disciple now at her church, and I knew so little that I showed up even without a Bible. Mm. Um, But God really um, opened my heart to himself that weekend. And then a college student at the local university in my hometown um, began a program of weekly discipleship with me for a couple of years after that. And um, I really learned what it meant to study the word and um, what committed prayer looked like, what just a life committed to Jesus um, looked like. The Lord, um, I think he unfolded his calling to vocational ministry in my life um, over many years, really. Um, looking back, you know, Dr. Smith always quotes Telica, live forward and understood backwards, our stories are. But, um, you know, looking back, I can see when I was when I was 14, I was uh, the youth preacher on um, Sunday morning at, at my small little United Methodist church that I grew up in. And um, I started leading Bible studies in junior high and through high school. But it was really in college um, at Washtenaw Baptist University in my hometown. Um, where I went, that that the Lord um, clearly and distinctly called me to vocational ministry and um, as preparation for that, specifically to seminary preparation Mm. for a a lifetime of service. Wonderful. And so how did you wind up at Beeson Divinity School? Did you know about Beeson growing up? Did you have a professor in college tell you about Beeson? How'd you hear about it? 
I learned of Beeson first in, in college. Um, so I majored in biblical studies and was exposed to some of the professors, some of the scholars at Beeson, um, and loved what I was learning, um, you know, vicariously at a distance from them. And so I had an Old Testament professor who actually um, learned Hebrew from Alan Ross at DTS, I guess maybe in the late 70s. And um, he said, you know, if you want a, a seminary that's going to give you a really holistic education um, and be academically rigorous and um, personally forming, I think Beeson's where you need to look. And so I trusted him deeply. And um, Beeson kind of became the only place of interest for me mm-hmm. as I considered seminary. Tell us just a little bit about your experience at Beeson. What was it like for you? Uh, was it frightening? Was it exciting? Was it edifying? Uh, what did you find the community life like? Do you have any favorite teachers or classes? So um, my husband and I, Cody, we met at Washita. We got married um, and lived uh, in my hometown in Arkadelphia for a year to save up to move to Birmingham. So moving to Birmingham to come to Beeson was a, it was a frightening experience, you know, growing up somewhere and going to college there. And I um, even that first year of marriage there, it was just a whole new experience to be in the bright lights and big city of Birmingham. Um, and then just the adjustment to um, seminary. Um, obviously I, I had studied, I'd done biblical studies in undergrad, so I was not unfamiliar with the territory, but the, the rigors of, of Beeson were, you know, it takes an adjustment period to wrap your head around that. Um, I had a spiritual mentor through college and I can remember lamenting over some of my, um, grades that first semester. And she said, Hayden, did you go? to be, she knew it was a dream of mine to be at Beeson. She said, did you go to Beeson to earn perfect grades or did you go to Beeson to be prepared for a life of ministry? And that was a turning point for me um, to really say, okay, wow, um, this is more than um, trying to obtain a a perfect transcript. Um, And so uh, leaning into what God was um, going to be doing in me through those years is, is really that receptivity, I think, is, is what was a turning point for me. Um, and I began to build relationships with professors that were transformative. You know, it's interesting, coming to Beeson, I knew a lot of the names of many of these professors, had read their works and, and things like that. Um, but I never really imagined that they would know my name mm. and would care about me. I loved so many of the courses that I took but just developed a, a particularly fond relationship with Dr. Smith, as so many students have. Um, he took me under his wing and has loved me and mentored me and been a spiritual father to me over these, even these past 10 years after graduation. I would say another thing about Beeson that was really formative for me is not just, you know, the educational content and the professors, but the relationships with other students that I made. Those are the deepest and closest friends that mm. I have. And so that is another kind of why Beeson for me um, is the deep personal friendships that are forged um, in those halls. Yeah, they sure are. And what church were you and Cody in while you were at Beeson? 
Yes, we were at Mountain Brook Baptist Church. Okay. Um, I interned there and then worked there after after graduation. Now, was that a good experience for you? I mean, some of the people who will listen to this interview and will think of you as a possible role model are uh, young women who want to know, is seminary a good place for me? And if I go to a seminary like Beeson, will there be churches in the area where I can serve and get plugged in and so on? What was it like for you at Mount Brook Baptist? Mount Brook Baptist is a gem. It, it was a place that actually my uh, mentor group leader at Beeson, we were having a hard time finding the right fit for us. And um, so my mentor group leader suggested that we try Mount Brook Baptist and uh, mentioned that a dear couple from Beeson alums um, served there, Wayne and Mary Swan, and so suggested that we try Mount Brook Baptist and meet the Swans. And uh, we we worshiped there that first Sunday and went to lunch with the Swans, and the rest is history, essentially. But it was so beautiful to see a church um, really committed to faithful biblical theology committed to global ministry and missions and to see space for women to serve alongside um, space for women's voices to be heard and um, esteemed. And so that Mount Brew Baptist was a huge part of my seminary experience because it um, gave me a framework that I had not yet seen in Baptist life of women um, co-laboring Priscilla's and Aquila's together um, for the kingdom. Yeah. And of course, Wayne now is senior pastor of that church and that staff is loaded with uh, Beeson alums. That's an exciting thing to see. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. So you finish up at Beeson and what happens next for you? How do you continue to be involved in ministry? So uh, after I graduated Beeson, this December marks 10 years, actually, um, I went transitioned into a full-time staff role at Mount Brook Baptist as minister to students, um, which student ministry, you know, full-time is extra full-time because you are working all hours to be, you know, really invested in the lives of your students. I loved student ministry. I loved um, the teenagers that God put before me. And I love even now, um, I stepped away from that role six years ago when my um, older son was born. And um, I love now that I still have deep relationships with many of those students um, whom I invested in, um, you know, many years ago. It's sweet to see how God has continued some of those threads of ministerial mentoring and relationship throughout a lot of different seasons. Um, I also worked during that time and for actually nine years with Beeson's um, Lily Endowment Grant to strengthen the quality of preaching. And that role looked different over many years, but that was a fun way to see a different side of ministry, not being the one doing the ministry, but to be someone supporting um, the flourishing and um, the sustaining and equipping of, of ministers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then currently my ministry, I stepped away from my full-time ministerial role at Mount Brook Baptist six years ago. Um, last week, actually, my son turned six. Um, and so the discipleship of my children in the home has been a primary priority of mine. But um, God has given me a lot of growing opportunity for itinerant ministry. And I just want to be faithful, Dean Sweeney, to every opportunity that God puts before me. 
Well, you sure are being faithful. And of course, all of us here at Beeson uh, are deeply grateful to God for the way he's gifted you in ministry and uh, the way he's gifted you as a preacher and teacher of the Bible. I wonder, could we get you to spend a few minutes coaching prospective students? And I don't want you only to coach female students, but I'm hoping you'll partly coach female students because your story is such an interesting one. Very gifted at preaching and teaching, involved in full-time ministry for a long time, stepping back a little bit while your kids are little. As you've looked back on your ministry trajectory, do you feel like all the time you spent as a Bible and ministry major and a seminary student and so on uh, was well spent, was worth it? And how would you coach young women in particular? who are just trying to figure out, I feel like I'm called. I feel like I'm appropriately gifted. I love learning this stuff. Is seminary for me? What would your advice be uh, to young women worried about that? This is um, this is an easy question to me, Dean Sweeney, because I feel like God puts lots of opportunity before me to have these types of conversations. Uh, you know, I think that um, when we think of a degree, an undergraduate degree in biblical studies or a seminary degree or a you know, a terminal degree, we think of it sometimes, um, perhaps an error, as a means to an end, um, as when I receive this degree, then I can do X, Y, Z, um, instead of as, a, as an opportunity for personal spiritual formation and transformation. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we see higher learning, higher um biblical learning as a process of sanctification and transformation by the spirit of God himself, Mm. then it's not about um, obtaining a certain vocational goal or position or opportunity, but it's, it's about becoming the kind of person that God would call you to be. And then to lean into the freedom that life, you know, really comes in seasons And it doesn't always, um, your ministry doesn't always have to look the same in every season and to find real freedom in that. You know, even even as we look through um, the lives of people recorded in scripture, their ministries don't look the same for 20 or 30 years in a row. There are seasons and differences and changes and new callings that God puts in their lives. And so if we see seminary as... um, an opportunity for God to shape us into the kind of people that he wants us to be for whatever season comes. That's a more freeing position, I think, especially for women who are considering ministry, and especially when the vocational job market may look dismal um, in the local church to be able to say, okay, this could be a season that God could train me and equip me for a lifetime of personal service to him. Um, that could look like a season in the church, that could look like uh, a season, um, you know, bivocationally or a season just volunteering or a season raising your family. And to not think of it, um, it, and it, God wastes nothing, first of all. And so he will not waste your seminary years, but it may not pan out um, in the way that you um, conceive of it. Yes. It looks different in different seasons. Yeah. If I was a young woman, I'd be listening to you right now trying to figure out um, 
is seminary necessary or really, really worth it for me? I look around and I see a lot of women who get hired, uh, even on staff at churches full time, and they don't have any seminary training. Um, Oftentimes, people who are put in charge of uh, women's ministries at congregations don't have a seminary degree. So clearly, you don't have to go to seminary uh, to do the kind of work uh, that a lot of women would like to do eventually. What would you say about the value of seminary and whether it's really worth all the sacrifice, all the time, all the money that's required to get a Master of Divinity degree? Ultimately, I think... um can God use anyone? Yes, absolutely. But I think that um, when I was grappling with my own calling in my life, I look at, you know, I look at physicians, I look at attorneys, I look at people who have PhDs in all sorts of fields, and they have um, chosen to make great sacrifices because they felt that their um, desired field of study was worth it. Um, and that the subject was worthy of the time and calling. Well, my goodness. If the subject that I feel called to commit my life to and to study is God himself, then surely a few years of training, are, and, and we're never going to be able to plumb the depths, but perhaps we should come with a greater humility and a greater grasp of the weighty calling of what it is to stand before um, others and lead them in truth. And ultimately, are, are there people that are doing the work out there that have not been to seminary? Absolutely. Are some of them doing a fabulous job? Absolutely. Are some of them just planning a calendar and being event planners? Perhaps. Um, and so let's raise up generations of, of people, of young people, of women who acknowledge that there is something weightier and greater to this calling than organizing nice fellowships for ladies in the church to get to know one another. Let's be able to dive into scripture deeply. Let's understand the connections of historical theology and biblical theology and work in some languages and and let women taste the steak. Let's don't just leave them on the spiritual milk. And so to be a woman who's able to lead people well, you've got to be trained well. And so for me, seminary was a, it was a no brainer because I wanted to be able to do it well. And I knew how ill-equipped I was without that specific training. That is great. Preach it friend. And um, I love what you said earlier about the, the intensification of your own discipleship, the personal transformation that took place in your life in seminary. I just, I, I wish that for so many more people. I realize it's a, it's a big ask these days to pick up and move and spend a few years uh, in a community, really getting formed in those sorts of ways. But I too want to encourage uh, more and more young, young women, especially to consider uh, seminary. All right. So let's bring it all the way up to the present. Uh, what's the Lord doing in your life and ministry these days? Um, what, what's your sort of weekly routine look like? How are you balancing all that's on your plate, being a good mom, staying active in ministry, both in your own congregation and traveling sometimes? It is, it is a balancing act. It is sometimes it feels more like juggling perhaps <laughs> to try to do it all well. I, I lead our, our Sunday morning young adult ministry at, at Molecule Church and teach that weekly um, and then teach 
this semester, actually, I've written a series of lectures on Galatians and Ephesians that I've been teaching on Wednesday nights to the women in our church. And then next week, I'm going to be teaching those lectures to a group of women in Peru for some pastor's wives training for a ministry there in Peru. And then these itinerant ministry events that God puts before me, I'm so grateful for, I kind of have to squeeze it in the cracks. And so I, I utilize nap time well. Mm. Um, I hopefully utilize um, outside, you know, my kids will be playing in the yard and I'll be sitting in the lawn chair with my commentary making notes. And um, so I, you know, I don't do it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but I just try to be faithful with what God puts before me and then to consider seriously what it is to disciple my children well and to invest in them. And I never want them to see, you know, mommy is traveling again or something like that to be a burden to them. So we try to make it exciting whenever I'm gone. We have, the boys have a tradition that if I'm out of town on on a, like a Friday or Saturday doing a conference or retreat or something, but daddy takes them to Chuck E. Cheese. And so they get really excited when um, I'm traveling, that they get to do something fun. It, it, you know, it really is a village. And when I stand to speak somewhere, I often recognize that it is it is Cody, my husband, and it's my mom and dad and mother-in-law and father-in-law and friends that step in um, to take care of my boys when I'm when I'm out. And I see their ministry. I can't stand without them standing behind me. So very grateful for all the hands that make it possible. Well, we are too. And uh, Hayden, we're almost out of time. I, I don't know how often you listen to the Beeson podcast, but we have a tradition of ending uh, every interview the same way. We like to ask our guests what the Lord is teaching them these days or has been teaching you in recent months. So uh, even for Hayden Walker, who's active all the time in uh, teaching ministry, is she still is she still growing in the Lord, growing in grace? Is God still teaching you new things these days? And if so, what's going on in your life? Goodness, if, if, if he's not, then I have no place to be standing up anymore. But um, yes, this is my favorite question that you ask each, each time, Dean Sweeney. I love to hear what God is doing personally in people's lives. Um, for me, you know, recently, with some different challenges before me, I have just been reminded of how trustworthy he is. Um, and that doesn't mean that your circumstances change. It just means that that God is going to be trustworthy in it. He's brought to mind this image um, of Exodus 17. And, um, you know, the people have just gone through the Red Sea and seen his salvific hand at work. And then they get there and they say, you know, Lord, have you brought us out here to a die of thirst in the desert. And um, of course, um, God brings forth water from the rock through Moses. And, you know, Dean Sweeney, I think that so often we want that rock, that dry place to be removed from our lives mm -hmm. instead of trusting that God is going to provide for us in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And so in this season, I have been um trusting, asking the Lord to help me to trust him, to surrender um, my dry place, my rock to him and to dwell on his character that is sufficient and that is good um, and is trustworthy and he's consistent and that he will um, provide, not in spite of my circumstances, but in the midst of it. So um, that's my current season. And that's a wonderful way to end our podcast interview. 
Thank you, Hayden, for being with us. Listeners, this has been Hayden Walker. We're proud to say she's an alumna of Beeson Divinity School. Uh, she's an alumna of the ministry of Mount Brook Baptist Church, and she's active today in many ways in her own congregation in Arkansas and as an itinerant speaker as well. Please tune in uh, to the Beeson YouTube channel and hear the marvelous sermon she preached on 2 Corinthians 4 on October the 10th. Uh, please continue to pray for us. We're praying for you. Uh, please pray for our students. Uh, we have graduation coming up very soon, a whole new batch of students we're sending out into the world of ministry. Uh, please keep them in your prayers as well. We love you, and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from the campus of Samford University. Our theme music is by Advent Birmingham. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our engineer is Rob Willis, and our show host is Doug Sweeney. For more episodes and to subscribe, visit BeesonDivinity.com slash podcast. You can also find the Beeson Podcast on iTunes and Spotify.